All right, hello and welcome everyone to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella Marie and as always, I'm super excited to roll into this next hour with you all. Um, I had a chance to speak with our guest speaker offline and I know she's got a lot of knowledge to drop. So I hope that you all can bring your presence, uh, your transparency, your vulnerability, your authenticity for the next hour. Uh, I just wanna start off by saying, I appreciate everyone joining us live here. I know that there are crazy things going on in the world and you could be doing anything else, but you're deciding to be with us. Uh, so with that said, thank Thank you everyone. Um, and with that said, you know, I've, I've put everyone on mute upon entrance just to avoid background noise, but I can't stress enough. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to come off of mute whenever you feel called to do so when you want to share your voice. Uh, or you can write in the chat box your reflections, you know, any additional questions, tips and tricks that you might have as well. Again, you're, you're here for the hour live. So we want to hear from you. And don't worry, I'll sound like a broken record. I'll remind you throughout the hour because it's going to fly by super quickly. Uh, if you want to be uh, kept anonymous, if you have any sensitive information, you can write to me anonymously. You can find me in the chat box under Mariella Marie, uh, and I will flag your question or your response uh, or reflection to our guest speaker, and I'll keep you anonymous. Uh, the last thing that I'll say is that this is being recorded, so if you do hop off of mute, you will be featured in our live recording. And with that said, I know we live in a world where everyone is multitasking, but I invite you to be present with us in this next hour so that you can contribute your thoughts and ideas, and then you can re-watch this video later on Power to Fly, and you can take notes vigorously there at your leisure. And we'd love for you to follow us on socials and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can keep up with all the great chats we've got coming up uh, for the rest of the year. I can't believe it's almost the end of 2020. I know that we're super excited about that, but we're going to roll into this next uh, couple of questions here that you all have, have submitted so that we can be prepared for 2021 and we can really reflect on, on what we've gone through in 2020. Uh, with that said, I'm going to pass the mic over to Natalie. Natalie, let us know a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly and what you're excited to share with us today. Yeah, thank you. Um, so hi, everybody. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, my name is Natalie Guillen. I'm an executive and leadership coach for women and underrepresented minorities in business. How um, I made this pivot after working in financial services and technology and fintech at the intersection of both of them as well at big companies in Silicon Valley uh, in strategy and operations. Um, I saw some of your questions about career pivot, so happy to talk about that as well. Um, how did I learn about Power to Fly? I, one of my classmates from um, Stanford um, had a chat and learn and about Power to Fly. And I thought, wow, I have never heard about Power to Fly. So I looked it up and I thought, what an awesome organization. And I thought she was running it. So I said, hey, congratulations. You're in a, you know, in a organization that empowers women. Me too. And we should connect. And she told me about the chat and learn and introduced me to the organization. Next thing you know, I'm here. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I'm excited to learn more about your journey uh, and you all have submitted some great questions offline. Uh, so we're going to take these questions one by one, uh, starting with this first one here. So if you see your question come up on the screen, feel free to chime in. Uh, if this is not your question and you want to share your two cents or you want to ask our guest speaker to dive in deeper again, I can't stress enough. We'd love to hear from you. So hop off of mute or write in the chat box whenever you feel like it. Uh, I just also want to shout out where we're calling from in the world so that we can see where we are uh, and, you know, really 
realize that we're all uh, feeling, you know, this sentiment of how do we transition? How do we, you know, keep our head above water? And how can we continue to support each other? So our guest speaker is calling from just outside of Los Angeles. I'm in Patagonia in Argentina. Uh, we've got folks representing Georgia, Chicago, South Dakota, Austin, Texas, North Carolina, Phoenix, Arizona. Awesome. So if you're just joining us, uh, go ahead and write in the chat box. Let us know where you're calling from. Uh, and then let's move on to this question, Natalie. So what are some of your best tips for coming to terms with and accepting the losses from 2020? I want to be able to move into 2021 with a new mentality. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, there are two ways to get out of a problem. One of them is to accept it and make peace with it. The other one is to fight it. And accepting the reality is a choice, right? So if you do decide to accept the losses and how do you do it? Um, well, for, there's, there's a beautiful prayer and I'm not saying that you pray, but there's a beautiful prayer that I say to myself. It's Lord, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Now, regardless of your faith or what you believe in, come up with something that works for you to remind you of the areas that you can control and what you cannot control. Now, for the areas that you cannot control, you know, it's like the loss of a loved one. Ask yourself, what can I learn from this? What is the lesson here? You know, how can I be a wiser, a better person because of this? And for the things that you can control, like losing a job, you know, think about from this place, what are my resources? You know, what, uh, what are my options? We are far more resourceful, even if it doesn't feel that way in the moment, than we give ourselves credit for. So think about where do I go from here? What are the resources that I can count on? Now, it's when we experience losses, we tend to isolate ourselves. You know, sometimes there's a sense of shame or, or confusion or, you know, and we tend to isolate ourselves. What we need is to reach out to other people, people that we feel safe with, you know, family, friends, a professional, you know, people that we can feel safe and also talk about our feelings, how we feel, and so that we can process those losses and then do something, think about what do I need in order to close this chapter to feel complete? Maybe it's a call to somebody. Maybe it's a, you know, to have a conversation. Maybe it is a ritual that you need to do to honor somebody who passed and you couldn't see. Whatever it is, do the one thing that you need to feel complete so that you can honor the chapter, capture the lesson and then you can move forward. I love that you're bringing this response to a more holistic vision uh, and, you know, in coming to terms by creating a ritual for yourself so that you can move through in a more holistic way, reaching out to community. I love that, um, especially now during these times when we're kind of forced to be isolated and then, you know, experiencing a loss or, you know, a loss of a job or a loss of, of a family member or friend prompts us to isolate even more. So I love that you're inviting us to, to share uh, and to find you know, something that can help complete us or, or help us you know, to, to move forward instead of uh, holding something back. So thank you for that, Natalie. Let's move on to this next question here. 
Any tips on recovering from burnout that came from the virtual and negative overload of 2020? Yeah, this is this is a big one, and you're not alone. Uh, you know, we have the when you turn on the news, you, you hear about COVID, you know, the social injustice, and, and it just feels like we're in the middle of a very bad movie. Um, now, turning off the news completely may not be feasible because we still need to stay abreast of um, updates from local health agencies. But you can um, control how much your news consumption. So for example, um, just limiting your news consumption to X minutes per day, right? Like 10, 15 minutes per day, where you only read the headlines. Um, something I did was I removed Facebook from my phone. And it was amazing how what that did for me and my productivity and my ability to be fully present uh, with whoever I was talking to, including my family. You know, or if you're looking at Facebook and you're starting to feel this sense of anger or, you know, or feeling gloomy, um, turn it off. You have the power to turn it off. Also, there's no, don't read the news at night. You know, I, I have clients who it's like, I have insomnia. And I, it's like, and when we start peeling the onion, they're reading the news at night. And that's recipe for nightmares and insomnia and anxiety the next day. So don't do that. Um, and engaging activities that give you energy, that give you joy. Don't feel guilty. You know, it's like if you want to spend time in nature or time to, you know, with your family or doing something else, reading a book that relaxes you, go for it. Because we're getting a lot of information in that feels very negative and provides, provokes anxiety. Um, we need to also feed our brain, you know, with good information that gives us joy, experiences that, that makes us, makes us um, feel better as well. So let's be very aware of that. Yes, uh, we were just speaking yesterday um, on, on another chat about just the, the, the digital fatigue, you know, and Zoom fatigue. Uh, and, you know, having to be online so much and, you know, not really when, when your calendar is back to back, you actually don't even have any seconds to breathe between meetings or when you're interviewing, you know, and you have, you're trying to, you know, promote yourself on your social networks and send out these networking emails and then going to your interviews. It's, I love that you're inviting us to return to nature uh, just to unplug and, and especially to turn off our screens before going to bed. I, I see a lot of my friends getting into that and of course, then that fuels conversation, you know, that brings up anxiety and anger. I, I'd love to know uh, some more tips about how to not fuel that anger, uh, because it is inevitable that we have to be on, you know, well, we don't have to be, we are choosing to be on, on our technologies a lot. And how do we not fuel the anger that we might see from you know, social injustice or maybe having experienced burnout? Um, do you have any extra tips and tricks that can help us navigate mm -hmm. those waters? The first, the first is self-awareness. So being in tune with how you're feeling, the moment you start feeling, I'm starting to boil, then shut it down, turn it off. <laughs> turn it off, you have the power, it's within your control. Social media is not gonna do it for you, you know? 
So if you're engaging in a conversation, you start boiling, maybe you need to take a break. And it's like, you know what? I'm not in the, you can say I'm, I'm emotionally exhausted. You know, I don't have bandwidth for this right now. So let's, let's come back to the table at another time. The most important person is you. And when you are relaxed, other people are going to be more relaxed around you. Absolutely. Now, when and I just you mentioned you mentioned about Zoom fatigue and and having meetings back to back completely. Uh, yeah, it's it's a reality, unfortunately. So there are some companies that, for example, have tried techniques like starting the meeting five minutes later, because as human beings, you know, if the meeting is half an hour, we're gonna, we're going to talk until the until the thirtieth minute, and. Um, and then people have the next meeting right after it and they don't have time to go to the bathroom to drink water to to just like look at the sky or do something else so what they, they do is they start the meetings five minutes later so that people have that break at the beginning and when they come to the meeting they're ready to engage until minute 30. does that make sense so those are some practical hacks that you can incorporate Absolutely. Thank you for sharing those tips. I'd love to gauge our audience as well. Uh, what have you all found helpful during these times? Because uh, I know that we have a lot of beautiful minds on the call with us live. So if you can share some tips and maybe we can all support each other in this way. So um, until then, I'll move on to this next question, but I'd love to read what you all put in the chat box a little later. Uh, Natalie, let's move on to this question here. What's the best way to set attainable goals for the new year? Yeah, so uh very timely question. Uh, you know, when we set goals, uh, we give, it gives us a boost in self-confidence. It gives us a sense of purpose. And what happens is a lot of people set goals and, but it becomes like an intellectual exercise or they're very vague and they don't, they don't know if they achieved it or not, or, you know, it, it gets, they, they lose um, steam in the process as, um, so what, has been proven to work is write down your goals and look at them every day. You're much more likely to one, stay focused and two, to achieve them. And uh, be specific about your goals. So for example, I wanna get better at playing the guitar. It's, you know, it's not that specific, but if I say um, I want to um, play one new song a week, that's specific, I can, I can measure that. So there's this notion of smart goals specific, measurable, attainable, um, realistic, and timely, right? It needs to be specific. Um, I want to, for example, here in business, oh, I want to attract um, uh, more customers. It's like, what is the next level? The next level down It's like, I'm going to hire a marketing agency. So there has to be, it has to be more specific and don't just have this like, the outcome, but have the next level down. And then in terms of measurable, I mentioned the example of the guitar, you know, something that you can quantify. Um, in terms of attainable, to say, oh, I'm gonna stop drinking coffee, is probably not realistic or attainable, right, from the get-go. So, but say, you know, I'm gonna minimize and drink only coffee once a day or once a, a week, then it's more measurable and attainable. Um, and it's also realistic. And uh, finally, it has to be timely. So make it time bound so that you know, um, I, I'm going to do X by, you know, by June. You know, if it is a, 
uh, if you're thinking about career pivots, for example, I'm going to contact X number of people uh, and to have more clarity by March, by April, by June. So it, it has to be something a lot more um, specific. Specificity is key. Yeah. Beautiful. And I love that our chat box is on fire right now. I just want to flag some, some tips and tricks that our live callers are, are dropping in the chat box in response to the previous question. Uh, so Julia writes, I also removed Facebook from my phone. I liked the idea of news limits versus the overall removal from news. Anne writes, walking meetings, listen, but engage your brain and some energy. Yeah. Uh, Christina writes, yeah, did you want to comment on that one? Oh, it's a big, it's a big deal. I, even before Zoom fatigue was a thing, um, when I was in corporate, we were so meeting heavy that some, some of these meetings, some of the meetings I, I loved going on walks, you know, if it was like uh, nothing that we needed to be in front of the computer for, we'll be in brainstorming kind of thing. Walk, the blood keeps flowing, gets you more creative, you're breathing, and overall you come back feeling a little more refreshed. So if you don't have to do if you don't have to be in your computer, then just switch it to phone. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a universal quote. I don't remember the exact author, uh, but it's something like I wouldn't trust an idea that didn't come from a good walk. So I love that you all are implementing this going on a walk and, and just, you know, re-inspiring yourself with the fresh air and also moving your energy. Um, Christina writes, I don't watch the news. Also, <laughs> I don't watch the news. I love that. I also learned in a Kundalini class that rubbing your tongue over your gums and teeth releases anger. It's worked for me. And then a couple of folks have chimed in that they want to try that. I also would like to try that. So thanks, Christina, yeah. for writing out the chat box. <laughs> they also did this. You probably won't be doing it in front of somebody who's causing you anger. Uh <laughs> But you can always put a pen or some, you know, something clean in your mouth because you're going to force you to do this. And just by switching your muscles or forcing yourself to smile, it's already going to help you feel better. Mm, beautiful. Awesome. Anne also writes song breaks in between meetings or before going to bed at night to retune the brain. I love that. I love that. Thank you all for writing in the chat box. Uh, Allison writes, I took time over the weekend to play music and dance around my apartment. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful, awesome. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. Uh, what are some ways to keep on top of making sure I stick to my goals? Yeah, great question. And so first is focus not only on the outcome, the, which is like the goal itself, but also on the process. What is the method you're going to use to get there, right? So for example, um, if you're saying I want to, um, I want to do a, a career pivot. Okay, well, what, and, or I want to learn how to play the guitar. And you know that you're back, back to back meetings and you have childhood after that. It's like, well, what structure do you need to put in place to carve out time for your goal, right? Do you need to hire a nanny? Do you need somebody, uh, do you need to hire an instructor? Do you need, uh, if you know that you are, uh, you love you know working in teams and you want to run a marathon maybe what you need and what you need is to join a running club right or have some sort of accountability so setting the right structure in place is going to whether it is people whether it is a class whether it is uh certainly put it on your calendar otherwise it will get deprioritized but making the time for it and setting the right structure in place will help you more likely get to your goal. Another practice that I would recommend is 
if you're writing down your goals and you're looking at them every day, uh, whether it is every week, every month, whatever cadence works for you, but look at, evaluate your goals. How am I doing versus these goals? You know, it's like, what, what do I need to do differently? What am I learning so far? Does this goal still feel true to me? Or do I need to change it? I love that reflecting on on the validity the validity uh, and the and intentionality of it to to ask yourself is it still true to me because sometimes we we stay stuck to these goals that we created years ago or even at the beginning of the year and so many things have changed since then so I love that you're prompting us to to be present uh, and to be aware really to awareness of ourselves as you said in the beginning of this chat. All right, so let's move on to the next question here. How do you find courage and strength while attempting to re-enter the bleak job market in 2021, especially when it's so competitive and so many of us are in the same boat? Yeah, this is a great question. And I can relate a lot uh, to this question because I graduated from undergrad and grad school in the middle of the last two recessions. And it felt very, at that time, uncertain and depressing and unfair, and we can assign all kinds of words. And in retrospect, you know, so that was 20 years ago, that was 10 years ago. And I think of this as one of the best things that could have happened to me because it allowed me and my classmates to develop this reservoir of resilience and resourcefulness that has served us really well in our careers and in our lives. Our ability to take risk, our ability to make it happen, you know, because we're just resourceful. And think about it, when you're at the bottom, there's only one way up and you only need one job. It's a numbers game, right? So you think this is gonna be <laughs> better. <laughs> And if you're able to get through this, you're probably gonna be able to get through when the market is good and you don't like your job or you wanna pivot or you wanna do something else, see for, seek another opportunity for career advancement, it's gonna be easier for you to get those opportunities because you already, you already know how to do it. Now, how do you find the courage? So it's, it's, uh, there are a couple of techniques. So one of them is to, it's not what happens to you, not your circumstances, but the meaning you assign to them. For example, you know, uh, this, is, this is the situation that uh, assigning your, your sense of self-worth to your career and how much money you're getting paid, you're more than that, right? You're more than that. So finding areas, uh, what else is important to you? Who are you as a person? And this circumstance is, it sucks, but what can I learn from it? How can I be better? How can I be more resourceful? What are my options from this place? So reframing the experience of what am I meant to learn from this? Now, the other technique is um, think about other the struggles that you face in your life and that you've been very successful at you're going to be successful at this one too, right? Because you're resourceful, naturally resourceful, naturally creative and naturally whole. So you're going to just remember all of these uh, hard times that you've had and how you've come victorious from them. This is another one. And thankfully it's a job, it's not your health, it's not other things that might be um, a harder road to travel. 
Absolutely. And I love that you're reflecting on our, essentially our instinct, our, our intuition, what comes natural to us. Uh, and it is to be resourceful and to be creative. And those are things that we can count on no matter what's going on around us. So thank you for that reminder, Natalie. Yeah, I could, um, I could give you even more tactical tips on, on what could be done in that situation. For example, one of them, keep a long-term view right? As you're entering the job market, you're just like, okay, I'm courageous. Now I'm ready to enter the job market again. So how do I go about it? In a bleak job market, like th think about like the long-term view. So for example, I really want to be in this industry. I love this industry, or I really want to do this function. You know, I want to be in this function. When I was coming out of grad school, I knew I wanted to be in fintech. It was before it was even sexy fintech. I love financial services and I was very intrigued by technology. So I was very flexible in terms of function as long as I got into the industry. Now, some people know that they wanna be product managers. You know, they love building stuff. So maybe there's more flexibility about the industry so that they can get into that product management work. So keeping the long-term view and being flexible on, on as how you get there, right? The other one is lean into your network, your, your school network, your professional network, friends and family, and reach out to them and let them know how they can help you. So the more specific you are, the better. About, I want to, you know, I want to ha be, have this product management role at a company of this size or you know, in this geography, whatever your must-haves are. So that way, when they hear those opportunities, they already know, they think about you, as opposed to if you're more vague. And finally, again, take care of yourself. You're, you are do activities that give you a sense of joy and purpose uh, during this time that remind you of who you are and your career is part of it. You are a whole person. Yes, I love that you're repeating that. And I'd like to echo that again. We are whole people <laughs> and, and we shouldn't allow anything or anyone to take a part of us. Uh, and especially during these times, as we, we see, we need to be whole in order to, to thrive. Uh, so again, I keep saying this, but thank you for reminding us to be holistic with this, with this uh, approach. Uh, Allison writes, totally Natalie, remembering the struggles I've gotten through is helping me with this new one. Uh, and then Anne writes, find mentors to keep yourself upbeat. Look to other people who may be doing what you want to do and make a plan on how you can get there and ask for help. Don't suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. Yes. Beautiful. I love all of the chatter in the, in the chat box. And Julia writes, activities that give us joy and purpose. That will help me get unstuck for finding goals for my non-career self. Beautiful. Do you want to comment on any of these uh, responses, Natalie? Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh... It's amazing how uh, we can get uh, very sucked into um, our careers, you know, because they're important to us. We went to school, we worked really hard uh, to get good grades so that we could get the jobs that we wanted. And next thing you know, it's like our egos are around our careers, right? But there's so much more to life than that. There's you and your values and what things that excite you. There's, you know, there's so much more. and. When we are at our best, when we are fully aligned with our values, that's when we can be better leaders. That's when we can have more fulfilling lives. That's when we can impact the world in a much more meaningful way. 
Absolutely. I'd love to, we should put that on a, on a t-shirt and wear it every day and remind ourselves of that or put it on a sticky note and put it in front of our computers. Um, this is great. Okay. So Anne writes, uh, join forums like this one to share your insights and to learn from others. Absolutely. Going mm -hmm. back to what Natalie said in the beginning, reaching out and sharing uh, in a community that can support uh, and, and, and re remind us that we are whole beings. Um, I love that. All right. So let's move on to the next question here. I've actually had a really great year. How can I be compassionate towards others whose year has been characterized by loss? Yeah, I've, um, this is a great question. Uh, it's amazing how this year, when I would read the news, you know, I would read news about um, healthcare professionals helping the sick. And I would also read on the same day about, um, other people spreading misinformation or hate. And it's amazing how we're all human and we were so divided or we're still divided. Um, and sometimes it's hard to feel compassion. So some techniques to feel compassion is um, looking, accepting the difference of opinions, right? It's like, if somebody feels so strongly about something that is so different from the way I view the world, what is it? It must be really important to them. It must, there must be some value in it, right? So one is um, to accept the differences and also to listen and listen not to counter, you know, the arguments because I want to win or because I have something to add because I'm so smart, but rather to listen, to understand without judgment. And it also helps to put ourselves in the other person's shoes, right? If they view the world so differently from the way I do, and I walk in their shoes for one day, what would that look like? How would my perception change? And I'm not saying that you, that means taking the other person's views to heart. That means just to be able to put yourself in your shoes as a way to understand the other person, right? Um, if you, with people they've suffered losses, like loved ones, you know, jobs, and if you feel strongly about a, a certain um, cause in particular, volunteering your time, you know, uh, that's, that goes a long way. Uh, listening to people when they, sometimes they, they need to vent, they need to talk, they need to feel heard and understood, being there for them. Beautiful. I'd like to flag a couple of responses here in the chat box. So Anne writes, give back in both times you're finding success as well as when you may be having a downturn in your life. What you give comes back tenfold. Yes. And Christina writes, this is something I've really tried to work on, especially as a manager who has an agenda and has to follow organizational leadership, just really listening with intent to understand. Would you like to comment on some of these responses? Yeah, this, this, uh, this has been the year of compassion for, for business leaders. Uh, I remember even um, after the death of George Floyd, uh, leaders was like, what do I do? You know, and I didn't have the answers. Nobody had the answers, but just being able to be present and allowing the space, a safe space to, for people to show up as human beings, not as employees, not as, uh, resources, but rather as human beings and just be able to express how they felt that led to, at least in, in, for 
people that I've talked to, to um, it was very well received by the teams. And uh, if some of you have joined some of the previous chats, uh, you all know that I love speaking about emotional intelligence and the, impo the importance of emotional intelligence in the workplace, uh, because it's something that we have to relearn. We, we are taught to, to not build that muscle uh, with, you know, within the education systems and sometimes within our, the work systems as well. And now is the best time to experiment with that, right? Because I love that you're highlighting listening, you know, and, and we don't have all the answers all the time, but, but there's this, you know, this, this we need to de demystify that we are perfect and that we are uber productive because we have all of the answers. It's like, no, look at what's happening in the world. Clearly we thought we knew everything and everything is on a shutdown right now. So listening more by putting ourselves in the other person's shoes and giving time to respond and not just having to always come up with the answers. I love speaking about emotional intelligence and I love that you're mm -hmm. highlighting this in, in this uh, response. So thank yeah, you. So, thank you. Sometimes we listen, for example, and we don't notice it, but we end up acting the other person, you know? It's like, oh, this happened to me. I had a really bad day oh, you should, oh, that happened to me and it was even worse and blah, 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 you know? It's like, it's not a competition. It's about just being there for the other person and without judgment and being there and saying, you know, that sucks. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. How can I support you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. When in doubt, ask genuinely, how can I support you? And I find that that opens up a well of, of, of reflection time and conversation and and then people trust you more and you trust others more because we're in a time when, you know, trust is lacking, <laughs> you know, we, we, we need to strengthen that. And I, and I hope that, you know, by building our, our empathy and emotional intelligence that we can, that we can come together more authentically. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. These are great questions that you all have submitted, by the way. So if anyone wants to ask more questions, please write them in the chat box. I love all of the reflections as well happening in the chat box. So how can we process our wins this year without feeling guilty? Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people uh, who come to me say, I've actually had a great year, but I feel so guilty about it or they feel they cannot share that with other people because it's not popular, you know, to have a good year. And the reality is when we, that doesn't help anybody. Uh, when we, there's this beautiful quote, and let me see if, um, I love to read it to you. Let's see. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So I love, this is by uh, Marianne Williamson. And I love this quote because when it, if you've had a good year, one, expressing gratitude for it, right? Especially this year, being grateful for what you have. And when you share that with other people, then other people might start looking at life a little differently. Your energy is just going to irradiate and be contagious. And other people who might be feeling that might be like, wow, there's possibility, you know, for me 
for things to look a little different. And maybe that person will feel a little bit more positive and will walk with a smile or the eyes might be brighter. And next thing you know, it's another person who sees them might feel a little bit more joyful. So it's like a spreading effect, you know, like, um, so I invite you to one, be grateful for what you have and share the joy with other people. We need more joy. We need more joy. There's already the negativity overload. We need positivity overload. And you can be that agent of change to bring that light to other people. I love that. Thank you, Natalie. That's beautiful. Um, so Anne here writes in the chat box, I'm an extrovert naturally. What tips would you give collaborating virtually with people who don't reach out or tend not to speak up or out? So do you mean in a business context, like a, me a meeting? Or um, can, you, can you come out of mute? Yes, Anne, feel free to take yourself off of mute and, and clarify your question if you can. Hi, this is Anne. Hi, Anne. Um, yes, I'm speaking about in a business content where you're in a meeting virtually now and you're waiting for responses from the team you're collaborating with other professionals and you've just got people who you don't know if they're feeding the dog out, walking the walk, um, handling virtual school. They may be doing something else. You don't want to call on them and make them feel put out. And yet at the same time, you value everyone's input. And how do you draw those introvert comments out? How do you make them feel comfortable without being called on? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. I would say um, to make your meetings most effective, have some team agreements, have some ground rules with your team, right? Um, if this is the same intact team that meets on a frequent basis, I would recommend that you set some ground rules for the meetings to make them more effective. You can start five minutes after the hour, you know, you can, um, you'll, you'll be on time and end the meeting on time. You can try to engage and be fully present. So that way it, it already sets the tone. Now, sometimes um, the introverts might be multitasking, right? So, or the extroverts might also be multitasking. And uh, one way to, to engage them, or maybe they're processing the thoughts and they feel this need to be perfect or you know, the perfectionism can kick in or whatever it is that's happening. If you are unsure, I would, uh, if you feel comfortable because you're able to see them on camera, call on them. It's like, Anne, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts? What is a different way to think about this problem or this issue? No? Um, and if you cannot see them because they're off camera, I would, I would send them a note, a private note saying, um, I would love to hear your thoughts. So that way it doesn't, if the other person is doing something else, they know to pay attention and then they can get off mute. The other, the other piece of, um, I guess, uh, I, the other technique that I would recommend is many times as leaders uh, or even as speakers, we feel uncomfortable with silence, right? I hear a lot of leaders saying, oh, I asked these questions and then the team is not jumping in. So therefore I feel in the silence and I start talking more and blah, 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 blah. And the reality is like, then 
it, you're taking on other people's time and airspace. So if you ask a question, stop and just let the silence, the discomfort be. Somebody will break the silence, but let it not be you if you're leading the meeting. I love Great. that. Thank you Again, for taking my question. Yes, thank you, Anne, for hopping off of mute there. And I love, Natalie, that you're, again, bringing us back to practicing emotional intelligence. Uh, silence is a part of that because it's a part of listening and not uh, doing too much talk time. Um, when, when I was teaching, some of the, 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 the training that we had to learn is, you know, to not have too much teacher talk time because otherwise you're just speaking at the students and you don't give them a chance to respond. Um, and same case happens with working with teams, you know, if you wanna just be a, a talk piece, you can just send them a recording, you know, but, but having that space, even though it might be uncomfortable, we, we learn a lot in those moments of silence, right? Uh, and maybe some, some folks uh, need that extra time to, to speak up or to write in the chat box. So thank you for highlighting that, Natalie. There's a really good acronym. It's W-A-I-T. It's WAIT and it stands for why am I talking? Right, so when you're in a meeting and you're leading it, if you're not presenting and you want input, then ask the question and just let it be. And you can even put yourself a timer if you feel you know that there's a habit for you to jump in to break the silence, put a, put a timer next to your computer about, I'm gonna let 30 seconds pass so you can uh, manage yourself. I love that uh, a technique that I use here on the chat and learns because we get you know several people from all around the world who are probably multitasking and commuting and dealing with kids and dogs and who knows what. Um, I like to hold for a moment of, of uh, reflection. So I say I'll pause for a moment to see if anyone wants to hop off of mute. And sometimes it's an awkward pause, but it's okay. And if no one comes off mute, it's okay. But at least I, and sometimes it works. And it's great when it works because then I gave that person a chance to hop off of mute uh, and, and voice their question. So we'll, we'll do it now and see how awkward the silence is. So I'll hold for a light pause here to see if someone would like to hop off of mute and ask a question or a reflection. All right. So if someone would like to speak, you can go ahead and write in the chat box as well or hop off of mute anytime. But I like to do that. And, and I started to experiment with that. And I found that it, it works not 100% of the time. But those those, you know, those small times that it happens, you know, it gives that that introvert an opportunity to hop off of mute. So uh, I invite you all to use that that tool that I use as well. <laughs> all right, let's move on to this next question here. Do can you I have tips? More, can I say yes. one more thing about the intro introverts? Um, Absolutely. So introverts is about energy, right? And, and sometimes we process information differently. It's, it's about where we get our energy from. But regardless of introverts or extroverts, people process information differently. And sometimes with people who are the, the, who tend to not jump in at the beginning, a technique is also to engage them from the beginning. Because if they're able, to, if they speak at the beginning of the meeting in the first two or three minutes, they're more likely to be more engaged on the road. So another technique. Okay. Absolutely, that's a great tip as well, thank you. All right, so let's move on to this next question here. Do you have tips on how to look more holistically at my life and to make sure I'm being intentional with the other areas of my life that I now have more time for? 
Yeah, I, I think this is a great question. And the fact that you even ask, you're already way ahead of the game, ahead of so many other people. You know, we tend to be on autopilot. And the fact that you want to be holistic about your life, give yourself like, you know, points for that. Um, one helpful exercise is to take an audit of our level of satisfaction across different areas of our lives. For example, in terms of our personal happiness, in terms of our health, in terms of love, in, in, in terms of career, in terms of money, in terms of spirituality, in terms of relationships with most important people or friends. And see from a scale from zero to 10, 10 being I'm super satisfied, this is, you know, this, it's going great. Where are you? Are you a five? Are you a nine? Are you a 10? And then asking yourself for each one of these areas, where do I want to be, right? Maybe I don't need to be at a 10, maybe being at a nine is fine. And if it is a 10 or a nine or whatever number it is where you want to be, what does that 10 look like? And how is it gonna make my life better? And be specific about it. Then I invite you to look at, okay, what areas, you know, do I really want to be uh, do I want to focus on which ones feel most relevant to me? And then, you know, do your smart goals, get the right structure that you need in order to help you move the needle in, in those areas. I love that advice. And, and I'm curious to know if this person is on the call as well, uh, because yes, as Natalie said, thank you for for asking this question. And, and also thank you for highlighting that you're looking to be more holistic um, because as Natalie said, you're already worlds ahead of, of you know, of the common uh, way of, of going about doing things that, that we see isn't really working. It's, it's not, it's static. It's not, uh, it's not full. It's not whole. These beautiful words that you, that seem so simple, but you keep bringing up Natalie, wholeness, you know, and empathy and community. It's, it's more of a rounded feel and less of a linear yes or no, black or white, you know, hard or soft. It's more of a, of a, of a wholeness uh, that, I, that I know that if we can all try to have this intention and set it in front of us that we can reach that hopefully and, and it will affect us uh, in a good way, in a positive way as we work um, at, at work and as we work with our families and communities. So we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and so, you know, being mindful and holistic is, is something that will give us a, a lighter cushion to fall on, I think, if we do end up falling. All right, so let's move on to the next question here. Do you think that this context with the global economy as it is, is still a good moment to advocate for a career switch? Yeah, great question. If you feel that you're not aligned with the career that you want or your North Star, your, the, your perfect or your best job, then it's always a good time. Any time is a good time to start realigning. So first ask yourself like you know what is it that I want to do and career pivots don't happen overnight it's not that you know it's not that all of a sudden people are in a whole different uh, are clear about what they want to do next and uh, if you're clear about what you want to do next it's always a good time to start networking in that area you know potentially do some projects in that area volunteer build your network in that area where you want to pivot so that when the opportunity shows up you're ready for it and they already know you so yes it is a good time it's always a good time 
if if there needs to be realignment in your career. And again, to your point earlier uh, that you were saying to reflect on your goal, is it still valid? Is it still, is this still where I want to be? And not being hard on ourselves, right? If we do want to change or pivot uh, and to come back to that wholeness and knowing that, okay, my natural resource is that I am a creative person. And so at the end of the day, you know, you, you can still hone in and feed that creativity. So you're dropping a lot of great gems here. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, a lot of people climb the wrong ladder. And then there's like, oh, you know, it's like, I, this was my dream job. This is what I wanted to do. And I'm not happy, you know, and I'm already on paper, I'm successful. And that level of self-awareness is healthy. And it's not that you start from zero, you already gain so much knowledge and experience that you can likely, you know, transfer to, to the next career that you want to, to, to uh, engage in, yeah. Beautiful. Okay, let's move on to this next question here. I've been seeking a new job for quite a while. When do you consider it's time to contact a career coach? What should we expect when looking for one? Yeah, I would say if you're feeling stuck in your career and you need either um, more clarity on what to do next or you need a push to do what you're scared to do, right? For example, I want to do... Um, I want to jump to this next opportunity and, but you're feeling stuck is maybe in, there's something there, then you might need somebody to, to support you through that time. So if you're feeling stuck, the other one is if you've applied to, if you've sent hundreds of resumes without um, getting a response, um, if interviewing paralyzes you, you know, uh, or if you hate networking, uh, or have these negative feelings about it, I would say seek a career coach. Normally what they'll do is they'll work with you to get an alignment of your values, um, where you wanna go next, you know, your interests, career aspirations, your values and your work experience. And then you'll develop together a strategy to get you closer to, to get you to the next, at least the first step in the direction of your dream uh, career, dream job. And then you're gonna be working on some of these pieces about getting ready for networking, getting ready for informational interviews that in turn turn into formal interviews and, and potential job offers. Absolutely. And we have a comment here from Allison, just to piggyback on what your response is, Natalie. So Allison writes, and I'd say now is a great time to do this. We're in transition in a lot of areas right now. I'm taking the opportunity to work for myself and I'm starting a secondary business with a friend. I've not been happy for most of my years working for someone else, so stepping out. Congratulations, Allison. Do you want to reflect on that comment as well, Natalie? Yeah, I can tell you, I was um, a lot of the people who graduated, um, graduated with me in 2009 from MBA school. Uh, a lot of them have started their own businesses. And I think it's that even though at the beginning they might have joined the most secure job they could get, over time they started their own businesses. And I think there's that, it's that resilience, that resourcefulness, right? That you develop during hard times that really will serve you well. So kudos to you that you're, you're starting your, your business as well. Yeah, this is the right time. This is the time. Excellent. Uh, Anne has another question here. Oh. 
the right, it, it's every time is the right time to realign, to be aligned with your goals. That's what I want to say. Yes, yes. Can you say that one more time? I love that. Every day is the right time to realign, to be closer to your goals yeah. or in alignment with your goals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay, so Anne writes, uh, do you have any advice for how to secure a job in your same field but as a people manager versus experience only as an individual contributor. Yeah, the, let me, so any advice to move into a people management role? Mm -hmm. Okay, so are you looking at internally or externally? And oh, hi, this is Anne, I'm off mute, mm -hmm. go for it. Um, either. I, I think I'm sort of asking this for the group mm -hmm. um, and just in terms of understanding, you know, how you might suggest, what's the word I'm looking for? Highlighting things that you've done in the past that might show that you have an aptitude for people management rather than being able to say, you know, in my past three jobs, I managed X, Y, and Z groups. What are some things that people could do or gain experience, maybe even outside of work that might help with that goal? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the question. Sure. I would say if it is, if it is internally, um, advocate for yourself. So advocate and advocate and advocate. Let your manager know that you want to become a people manager. And the opportunity is not, you know, in, in your team is not ready. And you know that this is something you want to do engaging your manager to uh, support, to become a sponsor for you inside the organization so that when there are people management roles that open up, your manager or other people in the organization can put a good word for you. I would say internally build a network of uh, allies. So your sponsor, these are the people who will be in the room when you're not, who will say, oh, Anne is the right person for the role. You know, we should give and this opportunity. Mentors are the people who will advise you on what to do. You want to make sure that you have them in as part of your network. Uh, your manager, you know, sometimes your manager can be your mentor as well as your sponsor. Have um, strong peer relationships where other people might be able to tell you or flag for you some opportunities within the organization uh, for you to put your name in that, in that, in that hat and be considered. And uh, your coach, it could be your manager, it could be a peer, it could be a friend outside of the organization, or it could be a professional coach. So make sure that you, you build this network of allies who will be advocating internally for you. So when the people manager role opens up, whether it is in your direct reporting line or somewhere else in the organization, you already have a lot of people who are saying, Anne is the right person for the role. Now, in terms of externally, um, there are opportunities, look at your leadership experience, uh, where, you know, where you've interacted with other people, where you've been able to influence the, uh, the organizations, the teams with that direct authority and highlight those things, right? It's like many times we're leading and without necessarily having that direct reporting structure or reporting line, but there is, we're effectively doing that work of leading other people. And now I also want to make a distinction. Management is a business skill and leadership is a people skill, right? So there are managers 
people managers who may have this administrative duty of and and you know and um, and also they're setting the vision for the team and whatnot and they may not necessarily have um, yet strong leadership skills. You, without the direct authority over that, without being the official manager, might have these very strong leadership skills. So you want to make sure that you focus on what makes you strong as a leader if you don't have this direct uh, piece. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you so much for taking my question. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, all right. So we actually just have uh, two more minutes. So I'd love for you to uh, leave us with some food for thought, Natalie. Let us know what we should ponder on when we leave this chat. Uh, and then let us know how we can uh, find you offline uh, and contact you and support the good work you're doing as well. Thank you. Um, food for thought. We are at the end almost of 2020 and 2021 is around the corner. Um, I would invite you to think about this year uh, introspectively uh, about what were the biggest uh, wins, the victories of 2020 in your life, personally and professionally? What were the losses, the disappointments, personally and professionally? Then what is unfinished, what goals did you get to complete? And what is unfinished business? And what do you need for you to feel complete, you know? So that way you put a nice, um, you reflect on what, what, what are the lessons learned from this year? So that way you, you, you have this reflection here and then you pull out the lessons that you're taking forward to 2021. And for 2021, we talk about smart goals, you know, make sure that they're specific, that excite you and personal and professional goals. So that way um, you can have a more uh, balanced and fulfilling, um, uh, you know, 2021. Now, um, so this is my contact information. If you have any questions, please um, reach out. Um, and I am actually doing a workshop, a couple of workshops next week where uh, people will be doing exactly this exercise that I just mentioned to you, where we're going to be looking at 2020 and then 2021. So if you're interested in, in participating, just email me and I'll send you the invitation. Beautiful. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. I, I told you all that the hour would fly by so quickly. Natalie, thank you for sharing your voice, uh, for your tips and tricks as well. Thank you everyone for writing in the comments uh, in the chat box, your reflections and your questions. Uh, and I wish everyone well uh, and lots of success in 2021. 2020 has been crazy, but let's keep our heads up uh, and let's continue to support each other. So again, thank you for, for taking time to join this chat and we'll see you on the next chat and learn everyone. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mariela. Yes.